Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. The Queen Bee! So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a... Grim Reading! Two king's sons once upon a time went out into the world to seek their fortunes, but they soon fell into a wasteful, foolish way of living, so that they could not return home again. Uh-oh. What are they up to? What are they up to? Well, they're foolishly living. Ta, Wastefully. fools. Then, their young brother, who was a little insignificant dwarf... Oh. <laughs> whoa! 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 Went out... <laughs> Way to talk about your brother. Oh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Blimey. Poor thing. The poor little insignificant dwarf. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should point out here, it's not all, he's not always translated from the German in, as a dwarf. Just, so don't, he's not necessarily a dwarf. But he is insignificant. Yeah. That's so that much is, so that he was neglected in the first sentence. That's established. Well, basically, two brothers of gone out into the world to seek their fortune, but they've, I don't know, they've, they've gone off the rails a little bit. Oh, yeah, they've, they've gone nuts. And their young brother is a little dwarf, insignificant one, and he's gone out to find them oh. to see what's going on. <laughs> what's going on? But when he had found them, they only laughed at him to think that he, who was so young and simple, should try to travel through the world when they, who were so much wiser, had been unable to get on. However, they all set out on their journey together, and came at last to an anthill. Oh, okay. Kicking off. I came to an anthill. <laughs> Blimey. What a journey so far. Oh, yes. The two older brothers would have pulled it down in order to see how the poor ants in their fright would run about and carry off their eggs. But the lid... <laughs> but the, it's a fun, it's another fun day. Yeah. Well, what do you do on your travels? But the little dwarf said, Let the poor things enjoy themselves. I will not suffer you to trouble them. Aww. So on they went. And nice came. Dwarf. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. So on they went and came to a lake where many, many ducks were swimming about. The two brothers wanted to catch two and roast them. But the dwarf said, Let the poor things enjoy themselves. You shall not kill them. Next, they came to a bee's nest in a hollow tree. So they're just obeying the little brother. They're just sort of tolerating him and, and like yeah. indulging him. They're like, like oh, yeah, right, right, okay. right, let's carry on. Let's see what other fun thing we'll find. Well, and the next thing they found was a bee's nest in a hollow tree. And there was so much honey that it ran down the trunk. <laughs> oh, no, to me that sounds yummy. Really? Yeah. A tree dripping in honey? Oh. That sounds horrendous. I love honey, but... <laughs> oh. uh, all right, well... Don't <laughs> okay, I'm not Sorry. interested in this one. <laughs> and the two brothers wanted to light a fire under the tree and kill the bees so as to get their honey. Smart. But the dwarf held them back and said, Let the pretty insects enjoy themselves. I cannot let you burn them. So, yeah, wow. all right, all right, on we go. Wow. At length, the three brothers came to a castle. And as they passed by the stables, they saw fine horses standing there. But all were of marble, and no man was to be seen. Okay, That's they were weird. marble horses. Marble horses. They're, they're no they're, man. They're fine. These horses are fine. They're fine but they're horses. marble, unfortunately. Okay. That's a shame. So they went through all the rooms of the castle 
until at last they came to a door on which were three locks. But in the middle of the door, there was a wicket so that they could look into the next room. Excuse me, a wicket? I think it's, in my head, it's like a keyhole. So you can you can see into the next room, basically. right? Like a like a spy hole in your front door, exactly. Sort of yeah. yeah, but it's a wicket. It's a wicket. <laughs> yeah. Out for a duck. I don't know anything about cricket. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even know that was a quick cricket, an attempted cricket reference. Uh, so imagine they're all huddled around the door. They're all sort of peeking through, mm-hmm. and there they saw a little grey old man sitting at a table, and they called to him once or twice, but he did not hear. However, they called a third time, and he rose and came out to them. Spooky. Ooh, that is a bit spooky. A grey old man. He said nothing, but took hold of them and led them to a beautiful table covered with all sorts of good things. And when they had eaten and drunk, he showed each of them to a bedchamber. The next morning, he came to the eldest and took him to a marble table where there were three tablets containing an account of the means by which the castle might be disenchanted. Ah, right. Tablets of stone, not iPads and that. No. (laughs) No, okay. (laughs) But basically, the castle's enchanted. Wow. And uh, uh, the eldest brother's now going to try and disenchant. How how does one disenchant a castle? Well, listen. Find out. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) The first tablet said, In the wood under the moss lie the thousand pearls belonging to the king's daughter. They must all be found, and if one be missing by set of sun, he who seeks them will be turned into marble. (gasps) Whoa. (laughs) The eldest brother set out and sought for the pearls the whole day, but the evening came and he had not found the first hundred. Oh, no. So he was turned into stone as the tablet had foretold. Just like that? Mm Mm-hmm. Stone. Whoa. No good. The next day, the second brother undertook the task, but he succeeded no better than the first, for he could only find the second hundred of the pearls, and therefore he too was turned into stone. Uh Uh-oh. So they've got to find a thousand, and they've only found two hundred so far. At last came the little dwarf's turn, and he looked in the moss, but it was so hard to find the pearls, and the job was so tiresome, so he sat down upon a stone and cried. Aww, poor little fella. And as he sat there, the king of the ants, whose lives he had saved, came to help him (gasps) with 5,000 ants. Whoa. Specific. Wow. (laughs) And it was not long before they had found all the pearls and laid them in a heap. That's awesome. Done. First challenge done. Now, the second tablet said, The key to the princess's bedchamber must be fished up out of the lake. Uh, hmm. That's the second challenge. That's weird. Mm. I'll give you the key to the girl's bedroom. (laughs) That's a bit creepy. Well, you see where we're going. So he's got the pearls. Now he's trying to find the key to the girl's bedroom. Surprise! It's not what you want in the middle of the night. Let's see how he gets on with the second task. And as the dwarf came to the brink of the lake, he saw the two ducks whose lives he had saved swimming about. And they dived down and soon brought up the key from the bottom. There you go. Second challenge done. Very easy. Now, it's the time for the third challenge. The hardest task. The third task was to choose out the youngest and the best of the king's three daughters. Mm. Um, uh, okay. Now, you might think that sounds easy, Adam, but <laughs> listen, they were all beautiful and all exactly alike. Whoa, identical triplets. Identical triplets. So how Whoa. are you going to pick the best? Well, that's, how does that work? And the youngest. Yeah, what? Well, he's been given a crucial piece of information that okay. might help. He was told that the eldest daughter had eaten a piece of sugar. The next, some sweet syrup. And the youngest, a spoonful of honey. 
So he was to guess which it was that had eaten the honey, because he's looking for the youngest and the best. Right. Okay, so it's been set up like a riddle. Yeah. Okay. How, how would you go about? How would I go about that? I, I mean, how would you even start? With a little help from your friends... The oh. Queen of the Bees, who had saved... The Queen Bee! Who'd been saved by the little dwarf, came from the fire, and she tried the lips of all three. Ugh. But at last, she sat upon the lips of the one that had eaten the honey, and so the dwarf knew which was the youngest. Thus, the spell was broken, and all who had been turned into stones awoke and took their proper forms. And the dwarf married the youngest and the best of the princesses, and was <laughs> king after her father's death. But his two brothers married the other two sisters... The end. Okay, that was interesting. Yeah. Do you, do we, do we, was it all clear what happened? Yeah. Okay. I think. What, so the, the youngest one was by definition the best? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you've got to find the youngest and best daughter. Yeah. And she was just like, yeah, you win. Marry me. Pretty much, yeah. There's just something a bit weird about that. And, the, and then, and you she, and then the brothers. other two... Mm get some blokes that have just literally turned from marble statues back into men. They're like, what's going on? What's oh, going on? What, what happened? <laughs> and they were like, oh, this is bizarre. Mm. But they've got, they make a nice little family, won't they? Three identical wives. Yeah, with an old, grey, silent dad. Yeah. Father-in-law. Father-in-law, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and one of them's an insignificant dwarf. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. He got the youngest mm. and best. Mm. Speaking of best... So there's a few translation issues with this story. So dwarf is a little insignificant dwarf. Mm-hmm. He's usually, that character is usually translated as simpleton. Oh. So normally when you read this Brothers Grimm story, he'll be called simpleton. So he's just thick, he's not small and... Yeah. Right, okay. In German, I think it's written dumling, dumling, D-U-M-M. Oh, like thumbling, but dumling. Yeah. So dumb, D-U-M-M, like... Dumb, D-U-M-B yeah. in English, which means dumb or and, stupid. And Ling being little. Yeah, so little stupid or stupid Ling. Stupid Ling. If you like. <laughs> stupid Ling. Uh, however, we've had the pleasure of reading the first ever Victorian translation from 1823 mm-hmm. where great liberties were taken with the text. Right. So he thought, you know what? You know what, Brother He's Grimm? a dwarf. He's a little insignificant dwarf. <laughs> and so it's usually simpleton, although I quite like how the uh, American translator Ralph Mannheim has approached this problem. Uh-huh. In his version of the Queen Bee, the character's called Blockhead. <laughs> what? So, it's called Blockhead? It's called Blockhead. Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, likewise, the sister isn't always described as the best. What she described as? Uh, Jack Zipes translates it as loveliest. Margaret Hunt translates it as dearest. And Mannheim, from Blockhead fame, uh, says nicest. So basically, I've chosen the most offensive possible translation. Yeah, yeah you have, haven't you? I guess, you know, best 
could mean the purest of heart or something. It doesn't necessarily mean about yeah. physical attributes. No, 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 sure. But well, it, I mean, it's pointless being physical attributes because they're all identical. Yeah, it's true. So, by definition, it has to be That's some true. other quality, I suppose. It didn't feel good, though, did it? No, it felt very <laughs> wrong. Very, very wrong. I mean, it all started to go a bit downhill when he was fishing uh, for a key to get into the girl's bedroom. <laughs> That's something very wrong about that. <laughs> so, hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And why are the girls locked in the bedroom, actually? What's going on there? Yeah. What? Uh, look, this is raising... Far too many questions. There's a lot of unanswered questions mm. in this story. <laughs> so, in terms of what it could all be about, what the heck is going on? Um, yeah. I suppose the moral is salvation through kindness. Yeah, I mean, it definitely had echoes of the white, white, the snake. white snake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The guy uh, is saved by through his kindness to all these animals. Yeah, exactly. So, if, yeah, if you remember, uh, he is a servant who eats a bit of the white snake so he can understand the language of animals. So he speaks to them. Yeah, he avoids some ants, yep. uh, rescues a fish, and some baby ravens. That's and it. He feeds them horse, if I remember. He does, yes. Yeah, so, mm, yum, yum, yum. Yeah, so I guess these stories are like, be nice to animals unless you're a horse. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't yeah. quite count. It doesn't count. Yeah. But then to win the hand of a princess in the white snake, uh, he does two challenges in which the animals he's rescued help him out including getting a ring, which is thrown in the sea, similar and collecting scattered lentils. So pretty very, much... Very, very similar. When I first read it, I thought, oh, I'm just sort of reading The White Snake this is again. another one. I think this might be a little bit better than The White Snake. I think personally. so. Even with, that, with the creepy, creepy daughter stuff. Yeah. It was good. I mean, I'm not entirely sure what was foolish about the, uh, the ways of the two older brothers. I think the point was that the main character was... Simple, nice. dwarf, whatever, like... But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a bit thick or short or whatever. Yeah, because it's being nice that what matters. Yeah, it's yeah. got a kind heart and you're rewarded for that. Yeah. But then, actually, the brothers were rewarded anyway. This is it. This is it. There's no moral here because they get identically beautiful uh, wives. Oh, that... Do they, yeah, so they all... All their wives look alike. That, no, exactly. That's Just, weird. Everything about it is very creepy. Just imagine that family portrait. Oh you could just get one in and copy and paste it. <laughs> but what sort of diet do these girls have where they're eating either sugar, syrup or honey? What's going on there? I don't know. Was that by accident as well <laughs> yeah. that they'd done that? Like, What are the Ooh. chances? <laughs> I've just been necking some honey. It's also interesting. It's called the Queen Bee, but... Yeah, Beyonce just... never turned up. <laughs> no. I was expecting her to. Where's the Queen Bee? <laughs> like a thing, you should have put a ring on it. Yeah, that didn't that, that didn't happen. Or maybe no. it was, I don't know. But yeah, but the Queen the Queen Bee wasn't I mean I guess she came in and did the last challenge, but Yeah, but no more so than the yeah. five thousand strong army of ants or yeah. the couple of ducks. Yeah. Yeah, she why just the got Queen the Bee? sort of like top billing at the end. Yeah. And weird. so in my head the the, the three uh, daughters are lined up and the Queen Bee just comes along and one by one, lands on their mouth and goes, yeah. mm, now that's syrup. <laughs> oh, sugar. Like, I like her voice. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> She's yeah. got a regal queen voice. <laughs> that's what queens sound like. a regal queen? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly what it's a, yeah, it's quite. An, it's a really odd story. It's this very one. odd. It's really odd. But it, uh, yeah, so it's got that whole 
three lots of three three challenges three princesses three, three brothers, brothers three daughters so it's quite fairy tale it's quite child friendly there's no three violence locks. three locks yeah in a, another I think as I say this version I read it takes great liberties with the text I think normally there's three doors right. uh, and the middle door has a hole that you can see in but for some reason in this one it's, it's just one got door wicket. with three locks and a wicket yeah um, but yes same it's got three yeah. Uh, so yeah it's that very fairy tale three it's got the, it's very similar to the white snake with the whole animal thing, but somehow it's quite weird and a bit ambiguous and a bit. Uh-huh. Uh, why did the other brothers marry? No, the other absolutely. Ones it, it's, why is it's, he a simpleton? Like, there's nothing simple about him. Like, yeah, at least in the story of the youth. I mean, he kept doing, you know, like really his character was well defined. Like, oh yeah, definitely. This one is. It, yeah, he's fine. The, very little is actually explained. Very weird. Bruno Bettelheim, your old friend, the psychoanalyst. Oh, yeah. He really likes this story. Oh, yeah. He says the animals represent the earth, water, and air, like the bee, the duck, and the ants. Don't know why. But uh, they, okay, but, yeah. <laughs> they also represent your, your inner resources. So Simpleton, in this story, stands for higher values than your base desires to, like, smash and burn and eat. It's about proper development. It's about, right. like... Reaching, reaching to higher ground. Right, so the older brother's just cavemen, just like, oh, eat duck, yeah. um, don't strip down anthill. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. Exactly. And it's like the triumph of Simpleton means, you know, the, he becomes king and marries the best. But the brothers mm-hmm. are still there. You know, you've still got that side of you, but you have to sort of be ruled by your higher values. Yeah. That's his, that's... Yeah, but your higher value or your baser values, they all have very similar taste in women. <laughs> it also reminded me of Sleeping Beauty. Uh, sleeping princesses. Okay, but were they sleeping though? Well, they're they enchanted, were. like like Sleeping Beauty. She's just like lying there, like in a coma. So it's quite like Sleeping Beauty, except in Sleeping Beauty you have that really iconic: the prince kisses her and she wakes up. Yeah. Whereas in this, you've got a little simpleton standing by their dad and a bee jumping on their mouths. And he goes, that's the one with the honey. And oh, they yeah. wake up and they're like, yeah, we're getting married. So it's not quite as romantic. Or <laughs> no, like, it's not. If you can call a man kissing oh, yeah, an that, unconscious well, woman romantic. But, if, yeah. the, if that's the case then, yeah. they at some point the, the castle got enchanted. Just before it got enchanted, yeah. these three sisters had a lovely meal of sugar, syrup and honey, yeah. went to bed, slipped into an enchanted coma yeah. and woke up and a little dwarf goes, I'm going to marry you. <laughs> like, if that's the first thing you encounter, like, whoa, 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 dad, what's going on? Dad, <laughs> you're so grey. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> what's happening? Yeah, you're right. That's a bit bizarre. And they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did it say they live happily ever after? Or no, it just says the end. They probably all ended in divorce, I would imagine. musician played the woodcutter... No, that's a different story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I missed that bit. No, it just says... Uh, it, do- it doesn't go into their married life in the no. story. It just says they got married and the dwarf became king. No, it's a rare one. Never heard of it before. It's a rarity. However, the trusty Brothers Grimm notes are a good place to dive into if you want to find out a little more information. So Let's dive. 
the Brothers Grimm uh, annotated all their stories. Uh, and even they didn't find much from this one. <laughs> but they say it's from Hess, where we have also heard another story differing in various ways. So basically they mention a similar story they found in the same region. And uh, I'll sum it up for you. And uh, I have a, a sneaky suspicion that you might prefer this to the Queen Bee. Oh, I'll just okay. Sum, I'll sum okay. up the main okay. events. All right. Yeah, okay. okay. Pique my interest. So they chose the Queen Bee to include in their tales rather mm-hmm. than this. So rather this, than this just one. made the footnotes. Okay. A poor soldier says he'll get the king the most beautiful maiden. He's like, I'll go get you a beautiful maiden, king. And the king's like, all right. Sends him out. That sounds brilliant. Off you go. Yeah, find uh, me a lady. Yeah, he's off on his journey. Uh, at some point, he hears, like, some really loudly singing birds. And he orders his coachman to, like, avoid them. Go another way, because they're praising the Lord or something like that. What? So he avoids some birds. Okay, that's weird. At some point, he kills a horse for some ravens. Oh, okay. Call back to the uh, white snake. Rings a bell. Yeah. And he helps a fish that's tangled in some reeds into the water. Okay. Again. We've heard that before. We have. Then he meets a princess whose father gives him three tasks. One, gather some scattered seeds. The birds he lets sing come and help him. Two, fetch a ring from the sea. The fish he saved goes and finds it under the fin of a whale. So... So far, so far, very similar. So familiar. However, the third task is a little bit different. We Mm -hmm. haven't come across this before. The king asks him to kill a unicorn, which has taken (laughs) up, which has taken up its abode in a forest and is doing great damage. So he goes into the forest. (laughs) It's just unicorn going nuts. Just just, trees are coming (laughs) down, fires everywhere. It's pink as well in my head. (laughs) Oh yeah, very sparkly. So the poor soldier goes into the forest. And he bumps into the ravens he helped. And they say to him, Have patience for a little longer. The unicorn has only one good eye, and he is now lying on it and sleeping. But if he turns round and sleeps on the bad eye, we will peck out the good one. He will then become furious, but as he will be blind, he will run against the trees in his fury and stick fast with his horn. Uh, Wow, what an amazing plan. So this unicorn's (laughs) blind in one eye. Sleeping like on its side, yeah. it's going to turn over so the one good yes. eye's up. Quick, stab it in the eye. Yeah. It jumps up, terrified, and runs head first, horn first into a tree and gets stuck by its head. And you know, you might not believe it, but that is exactly what happens. <laughs> so, good plan. It worked out. Wow. Then the soldier cuts off his head, Whoa. carries it to the king, Whoa. and receives in return for it his beautiful daughter, whom he takes to his master, by whom he is royally rewarded. The end. What? This is mental. <laughs> I've just got this image now. He's just finished cutting the head off. The body boom, boom, drops to the ground. So now he's got a unicorn's head stuck horn first into a tree. He yanks that out, puts that under his arm. Yeah. You're just a unicorn head. Mm. And uh, But this, the weird thing about that is... The weird thing about that... Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> One of the many weird things about that... But apart that. from that, the weird thing is... Yeah. Like, we're familiar with that, of, yeah. of winning a king's daughter, but he's not winning it her for himself. Yeah. He's doing it for another king. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird, but he gets royally rewarded. Does he, though? With what? Rewards. Just war- money. Royal rewards. Just nice sweets, chocolate, chocolate coins. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so it's a slightly different version, uh, which has the same theme of respecting animals uh, who then repay the favor. Uh, yeah. And the Brothers Grimm mentioned the similarity to the white snake that these stories have. Uh, they also say that uh, this whole thing is found in many other stories from Persia 
to the Netherlands. They mention a Jewish story. So there are lots of tales which have this help an animal and it repays you later. Uh-huh, yeah. The Queen Bee made me think of another famous story that we all know. Something bubbling away in our collective subconsciousness. Mm-hmm. The fable mm-hmm. of Androcles and the Lion. This is one of Aesop's fables, and I believe, Adam, that thanks to Father Christmas, <laughs> you own a copy of I Aesop's do, fables. In, I do indeed. Would I've you, not read this one, though. Would you care to regale us with the story? I would love to. Androcles and the Lion! A slave named Androcles once escaped from his master and fled to the forest. As he was wandering about, there he came upon a lion lying down and moaning and groaning. At first, he turned to flee, but finding that the lion did not pursue him, he turned back and went up to him. As he came near, the lion put out his paw, which was all swollen and bleeding, and Androcles found that a huge thorn had got into it and was causing all the pain. It was causing all the pain. All the pain. (laughs) He pulled out the thorn and bound up the paw of the lion, who was soon able to rise and lick the hand of Androcles like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Then the lion took Androcles to his cave. (laughs) That's kind of... And every day used to bring him meat from which to live. But short. <laughs> Sorry. Has Androcles. Has I need the, to live. Uh, Bring me meat. <laughs> the, the lion's got a pet human. Yeah. In his cave. Yeah. But shortly afterwards, both Androcles and the lion were captured. Oh, goodness. And the slave was sentenced to be thrown to the lion after the latter had been kept without food for several days. So he's going to be hungry. He's going to want to eat oh, Androcles. Oh yeah, of course he is. He's going to yeah. be wanting a bit of that tasty human. I think I know what's going to happen here. Oh, do you, though? I don't know. <laughs> then a spaceship. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> then Beyonce walked in. The emperor and all his court came to see the spectacle, and Androcles was led out into the middle of the arena. It's like Gladiator or something. Yeah. Soon the lion was let loose from his den and rushed, bounding and roaring towards his victim. Whew! It's not looking good it's for Androcles. It's not looking good for Androcles. But as soon as he came near to Androcles, he recognised his friend and fawned upon him and licked his hands like a friendly dog. Was that like, in my head it's like a cartoon, it's like, screeches (laughs) to a stop. (laughs) (laughs) The emperor, surprised at this, summoned Androcles to him, who told him the whole story. You see what happened is, emperor. (laughs) Let me tell you a story. Whereupon the slave was pardoned and freed, and the lion let loose to his native forest. Aww. Do lions live in forests? No. (laughs) Famously, lions do not live in forests. But let's say they do. And the robin was released into his native desert. (laughs) What are you doing? This isn't what... No! Where are you going? And the duck was taken back to the volcano. (laughs) So you do know that story, I'm presuming. I do. And it says here, the moral Mm. is that gratitude... It's the sign of noble souls. Wow. That's, which is lovely. Oh, I like that. I That's, really like I that. I mean, we've been waffling for about 20 minutes and you can just sum it all up. I really like that. Gratitude is the sign of noble souls. That's I, beautiful. I think that, yeah, there is nobility in gratitude. And great gratitude, gratefulness, great gratefulosity is a really great thing. Noblest. You don't, you don't 
immediately get a reward from it either no. directly. So it, it, it's something noble about it. It's not you don't gain power, you don't gain something. It's just a noble. It's just about appreciating others. And yeah, yeah. And there's something can. noble in that. Yeah. yeah, I think so. That's lovely. Because the lion had the power to. Yeah, and it chose not to. Yeah. And and Androcles had, the, you know, the lion yeah. was there writhing in agony with a thorn in his paw. He could have done anything. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it's like uh, you help an animal and it helps you out. But this dates back to the ancient Greek period. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Similar, it's very similar. Yeah, between ve- no, very similar. And the, like you say, the, me- the moral message there is kind of exactly the same as what's in these stories we're talking about. Oh, I like that. I like the Aesop fable. Yeah. Very nice. They're great, aren't they? Thank you, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Matt. That's a great story. Score. The Queen Bee. <sighs> what are you thinking? I, th- I think I know what you're thinking, which is probably nothing. You don't know what to do. That I was scared because I was thinking, you don't know what I'm thinking because I have no idea. And then you got it spot on. I've literally got no idea. Interesting story. I was entertained from the beginning to the end. Very creepy. Um, sounding really good so far. Yeah. It's not going to be a low one. Hmm. I'm going to give this, I think for the most part, unless I have a really strong idea, I just go with a, a gut reaction. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I have to say, a figure just popped into my head just now. Let's hear it. So let, I'm just going to go with it. Just do it, mate. Just go with it. S- let's just do it. I'm going to give it, it, I think. Yeah, what? A 7.5. Okie dokie. That is neither low nor especially high. It's fairly high. So for me, like a story is in the top tier if it gets 15 yeah. or over so that sounds like you're sort of you're putting it in the top tier you're leaving it to me to put it in the top it's tier or the bottom tier or the bottom tier oh the um, power the power just remember don't abuse your power no because gratitude is, is the sign of noble souls that's the one thank you Aesop and with Aesop's or Aesop's words ringing in my ears I'm gonna give it a Lower. Lower, boy. Wow. So why Why? 6.5? Why lower then? Uh, What feels on the lower side of things? I don't don't think it had the the power of ones that got 7.5 or 8, like the singing bone or the youth or those big players, those big Uh boys. That's interesting because I literally do not remember the scores I gave to any stories. Mm. So each time it's like, it's not based comparatively on other ones. So yeah. then I'm surprised to find two stories which I gave the same score. Yeah. And it's like, I like one much more than the other. Yeah. So perhaps I should do it with that more in mind, but it's just a gut feel. It's in the moment. Yeah, yeah. it is. I think that's how it works best, because I think you, you you take these stories as they come one at exactly. a time. You don't yeah. take them in chronological order. No, there isn't, they're just right. tales. So yeah. uh, I think that's fine. 6.5. 6.5 and 7.5. Which is a 14. Nice. Not too bad. So you're saying in the lower tier? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Lovely.
So, we are running a competition. Yes, we are. Indeed we are. Uh, where you can win your very own copy of a Brothers Grimm book. What is the exact title, Adam? The exact title, because I have the book right in front of me, Matt. Hansel and Gretel yeah. and Other Tales by the Brothers Grimm. Illustrated by Arthur Rackham. And, and this it's, is... It's a big old hefty book, this. Nice, it is. lovely sort of... Uh, hard bound, hard cover? Hard bound cover. A hard cover bound, hard bound cover. Don't look at me like I know. I don't know what it's called. It's hard. <laughs> this book is hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard, everyone. Um, a nice hard back. Hard back. Yeah. And it's courtesy of the wonderful people at Pook Press, uh, the fantastical publishing company. Look them up. They produce beautiful books. And they are fantastical because they're all sort of fairy tales, yeah. folklore, that kind of thing. Yeah, classic uh, story. Wind in the Willows they've got as well. Oh, lovely. All that sort of, uh, all that jazz. And yeah, we've got a copy to give to one of you out yes. there. But we have also very kindly been given a copy, which we're sort of wrestling over. But yep. at the moment, Adam's holding it. And uh, yeah, just flicking through it now, it's got... Beautifully illustrated by the wonderful Arthur Rackham. Mm-hmm. Who is Arthur Rackham, Matt? He's a uh, legendary Golden Age illustrator. So the Golden Age of illustration, while well, Adam's looking through the book, was from, I don't know, the mid to late 1800s to the early 20th century, where just this explosion of these iconic, beautiful, uh, fantastical so illustrations came illustrations, out. yeah. And that's where all the famous sort of fairy tale illustrations come from. And Arthur Rackham's are some of the most famous and they, they are just beautiful. I've opened it at a random page, and uh, it's a blast from the past, Hello. from the very first episode of the podcast. It's Old Sultan. Hello, Old Look Sultan. Look at him. He looks very oh, tired. Looks a little bit haggard there, Old Sultan. His eyes are about to fall out. He's living up to his name. Oh, this is lovely. What a beautiful book. I forgot. completely forgot. We've been doing this for a while. We have been doing it for a while. If you've forgotten about Old Sultan. So there's, it's illustrated throughout the book. There's loads of, loads of oh, illustrations. Yeah. It's lovely. And it's got all your old favourites. Old Sultan, The Mouse, The Bird and The Sausage. Oh, Rapunzel. Rapunzel, lovely illustration. Red Riding Hood. Oh, so there's some big ones in here. The Bremontown Musicians. Hello. That's a, a favourite from the pod. What, what, uh, what story sorry, have you sorry, stumbled I on I had there. a little chuckle. I just opened it to, uh, at the page of... Uh, uh, an early favourite of the podcast, the mouse, the bird, and the sausage, and there's a wonderful illustration of the mouse and the sausage. What's going on with the sausage? And the sausage is wearing lovely uh, checkered slippers, <laughs> holding a weird, weirdly long frying pan, um, and a lovely fetching sort of little pinny, little apron. Yeah, he's topless apart from that. Holding a giant fork, and it's like he's got the face of a very. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. A very sort of overweight old man with a double chin, uh, peering through some spectacles with a single strand of hair. And he's one creepy dude. (laughs) Look at that. Look at that. I don't want to. It's hideous. Oh, Oh my God. The rest of the book is quite beautiful, I just like to say. Uh, So, yeah. So, So, to win your copy of this Lovely book. What do you have to do, Adam? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Do you want me to tell you, Matt? Tell me. I'll tell you, and maybe I'll tell the listeners too. Tell me. That it's very simple. You have to do one thing. Get in touch with us via email, Twitter, DM, reply to a tweet, Facebook, Instagram, any of the social media platforms, and answer one question. What was your favourite story that we've read so far on the podcast, and why? So, was it something about the episode that you particularly enjoyed? Does the story tie into something from your past? Yeah, anything. We've, we've actually 
we've had a really great response so far. It's been amazing to see it all come in, all the responses. Oh, and yeah. Interestingly, a lot of people have focused on how it affected them maybe when they were children, like, or it really reminds them of their childhood or it spoke to them at a young age. So that's really nice to hear. Yeah, we that's like lovely to hear that the people that have yeah. read these stories or were read these stories at a very young age. Yeah. And it's, so, yeah. It's Please. Great, and it's great to hear from yeah. everyone. And the great news is the competition is still open. You Yay. have until February the something... <laughs> I think we said the 17th, but we'll see about that. That's, we'll see, uh, but you've got ended. until February the 17th-ish. Yeah. Uh, you've got plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, please get in touch, and we will uh, pick our favourite entry, yeah. and you could be in with a chance of uh, being delivered this wonderful book. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to s- clarify as well. Uh, it was brought to my attention that uh, I didn't say... Where you, where we could deliver the prize to? That's you. true. You neglected that. Anywhere in the world. What? It's not just bound by this tiny little island. Can I have this delivered to America? You can. Uh, Canada. You certainly can. What about uh, uh, Slovakia? Sure. Why not? What about Mozambique? Yeah. Sure. Yeah? Absolutely. I mean, the post goes anywhere these days. Does it? Yeah. So, what about? <laughs> oh, uh, keep, sorry. Keep let's stop this game. <laughs> this is fun. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for everyone who's got in touch so far. And keep it coming, everyone. Keep, keep it coming. coming. We're loving reading the entries. Both me and Matt uh, yeah. really enjoy that. So mm-hmm. please keep them coming. Thank you very much. Well, next up, what have we got? We have got The Wolf and the Man. The Wolf and the Man. The Wolf so, and the Man. Uh, this is the uh, first story in the great Fox and Wolf quadrilogy, oh. of which we read the third one. So out of order, but, you know. That's all right. That's the way we do it, mixing's up. But we can't wait to see the origin story. The origin story. Where did that fox come from? What is going on? Cannot wait for that. Well, I'll see you then. Yeah, can't wait. See you later, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye. You can email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at grimreadingpod. Also on Instagram and Facebook, grimreading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim.